What do you do when you reach a crossroads in your life and have to make some major decision? How do you know you're making the right decision? How can you expand or challenge your frame of reference? How can you get a better connection with your body? And why would you want to do that? These are some of the questions we dive deep into in the conversation I had with two amazing artists that hold the vision to create a worldwide movement for the expansion of human consciousness and that led them to create in 2016 the Humanhood Dance Company. Julia Robert and Rudy Cole are amazing dancers that are merging modern physics and ancient mysticism with movement and dance to create immersive productions and experiences that transform and help us connect with our energetic essence and expressive power. With them, we talk about their journey, their decision-making experience when choosing their career, the crossroads they encounter, and how they navigated through them. How they both chose dancing, which was a step into the unknown, because in dance it was about expressiveness, it was about being and about art. We also talk about how do you know at a crossroads that you're making the right choice. We talk about trust. They share daily exercises to create a better connection with your body. Why is it important to foster and cultivate this connection that will surpass the knowledge of your logical mind? We talk about the fear of our own power and how to overcome that, the wisdom that your body holds and how to access it. They share another way to view limitations. We talk about intuition, also about the power and importance of curiosity to invite new things into your awareness that your ego is not telling you. We talk about one challenge that really was a learning lesson for them and made them face the unknown in a way they had never felt before. And we finished talking about what they're currently working to improve inside themselves. So many gems in this conversation all the way to the end. So don't forget to subscribe in Apple Podcasts or on Spotify. And are you ready to hear Julianne Rudy? Have you ever wondered what makes people capable of creating changes that impact their lives and the world around them? What is their way of thinking, their mentality, their patterns, their perceptions of the world, their reactions to different life events? What influences them? My name is Cristina Puyol, and I invite you to join me in this adventure where we will explore together the mind of change makers. Today I have with me two amazing artists with the vision to create a worldwide movement for the expansion of human consciousness. And that led them to create in 2016, the Humanhood Dance Company. Julia Robert and Rudy Cole have both been dancing since childhood and both of them have accomplished amazing things in the dancing world separately. And now together they're creating award-winning work that has been presented at some of the world's most prestigious venues like the Sandler's Wells, Mercat de las Flores and festivals like El Festival Grec and Venice Biennale. They are merging modern physics, ancient mysticism with movement and dance to create immersive productions and experiences that will transform you and help us connect with our energetic essence and expressive power. I had the pleasure of meeting them 
in July in Tallinn, where we were all actually giving workshops at Mind Valley University, and I love their philosophies. So I wanted them to find a little gap in their busy schedule and meet with me so we can chat about movement and dance. So help me welcoming Julia and Rudy. Hello. <laughs> Hello, Christina. Yes, Christina. Nice to see you guys. So like I was saying to you, the first time I have two people in the podcast at the same time. So I want people to know you both. And so I want to start like a little bit with, I know we have the Spanish episode with Julia. So those who are bilingual, please listen to that episode. But um, please tell us a little bit again about your story, Julia, and then about your story, Rudy, how you got into dancing and um, a little bit how you got here. And I know it's a you know, it's a lot to ask in a short version, but so people can know you a little bit more. Yes. So for me, which actually I haven't talked about that in the in the other episode, but I started ballet when I was three and a half years old and I I stayed and I did ballet and I love the discipline. I love the expression and the creativity. And it was about when I was uh, 10 years old that we started with the point shoes. And everyone got their ponchos like two weeks before I got mine. And when I got mine and I went back to the class, everyone sort of knew what they had to do. They knew like the pain that the ponchos was giving and they sort of got over it together. But I was left alone because it was my first day and I had so much pain. And that day I said, you know, I'll, I'll never dance for pain. I will always dance for joy and pleasure. And so that's how everything started. Um, I started a physics degree, but then I sort of left that for my passion to become a dancer. And I graduated from the London Contemporary Dance School. I danced with one of the biggest companies in the world. And then we met together with Rudy in Birmingham in 2013. And then we sort of jumped and created our own company, but I'll leave it here and allow Rudy to explain his story. Yeah, the, the moment where uh, both ends meet uh, for me, movement dance, it's always been something that I've been engaged with from the moment of birth. Kind of really strange because I've always had this curiosity for movement and the way my body moves. So when I was growing up, I had a lot of opportunities to do different activities with my parents um, where my body would be used in different ways. Archery, rock climbing, um, piano classes, going for long walks. Uh, swimming and swimming sort of took off in the area where I was I had a local swimming pool just up the road and I was doing water polo and I did water polo for about four years or so and there came a moment where I realized in the classes I was doing outside of school time um, the teacher of the classes she was also a director of a company and then I realized that I could actually dance for a living there was just something that made this click in my mind. And so there came this crossroad where I would either decide to pursue water polo, where I had an opportunity to join the national team or to go into dance. And there was kind of no question about it because I always knew that that was the place where I could truly express myself. As much as I love sport, I love, I love as much as I love the engagement from it, there was something unbounded, um, by dance and movement and that expression nice that's such a that's such a like you know you both have two choices that were very different between you going physics and and dancing and then going you know 
I, that's more movement, but still like, you know, sports and dancing for some people are completely different things, especially for some men. It's like, no, no, that's nothing to do with each other. So how was the decision, Julia, to leave your physics career that normally like you're from Spain. So in Spain, it's more traditional, like, you know, a career going, studying, doing your degree. And then yeah. how was that decision and that change? Well, honestly, it was not easy, especially as, you know, when you're used to be a, a good student and have good marks and all this. And when I started the physics degree and I was telling people, you know, like people were asking, so what are you studying? And I was saying, well, I'm studying a physics degree. Everyone was like, oh, wow. Yeah, physics degree, you know. And then when I sort of share my my vision, my desire to leave physics for a dream because you know you have to do an audition there's like thousands of people wanting to do an audition and they get you know they pick up 35 40 people and so i i left i was willing to give up physics a degree that was well recognized for something that it was a dream it was not tangible i didn't really have a place at the london contemporary dance school so a lot of people were like first how are you going to leave? No, like, how are you going to leave being a dancer? Like, are you going to be able to sustain yourself? And then like, also, what if you don't get it? But I had such a, I gave up, I gave up dance for, I think a week because I said, if I'm going to do physics, one or the other, I want to be fully at it. And if so, then I want to, you know, be working as a researcher in the NASA and all this. So I was like, I need to it needs my time and my dedication. And I think I gave up dance for one week. And that was the only week I gave up dance for my whole life since three years and a half. And it was the hardest week of my life. Uh, that's when I discovered that, you know, you can have like desires that are okay with society and are well seen as sort of your personality, but then there's deeper desires that is a calling from the soul. Mm. And that's what I felt. And so yes and since that moment that was the, the best decision i made in my life did you finish your career your physics career or no 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 i didn't okay i, I give up i give up uh well i didn't give up i i took on dancing i yeah. i prepared the audition that was around november and then i had two months to prepare for the audition for the london contemporary dance school i actually the school where i was training there was this post this uh, poster this flyer that say the 25th of february is the audition and that was the the day of my birthday oh wow so that's when i saw it and that's when i started doing research and like rudy said in the uk you could actually have a a degree in dance it, it is a proper university degree in dance which doesn't exist in spain so yeah. That was my choice. Nice. That's that. It's really amazing. And I hear you because I, I switched from uh, computer science to dancing. And it's also computer dancing. I mean, computer science, computer dancing. <laughs> That's a good one. <laughs> <laughs> I, I actually, you know, work in computers for some years. And it's just funny how people, if you say I'm a dancer or I'm a scientist or whatever else, suddenly they look at you different and you're exactly the same person, you know, with the same message, the same beautifulness, the same talent, but somehow it gives you a status in the society. And it's, it's, uh, it's, it's amazing, brave that you both could make that choice when in most societies is not so well seen, you know, or not well valued, you know, at least in Spain is not well valued. Mm -hmm. So how was your change from choosing, you know, a sports career to dancing career? Um, 
I think with the sports, there was always, um, and at least for me, there was always an element where I can understand that sense of competition and that drive and that power and that energy that was coming through when I was actually competing or playing in a particular game. And I, I loved it. It was it was fueling. It was invigorating. Um, I felt like I was really learning something because I was interacting with other people and I could I could observe the increase of my skill. So all the things were there for me to really pursue this uh, physically and mentally and and to a certain extent emotionally as well. I could see myself getting mostly involved in it. But I think, as, as Julia said, it was something more spiritually. And we know whenever these moments have happened to us where we're at a crossroads, we, we don't always go with the logical decision. Sometimes there will be just this, this switch and this change where you're going with the feeling. And that's what dance was. I mean, it wasn't really... Well, actually, there was uh, dance GCSE. So that's the... the um, What's that called? The high level, uh, A level, the certificate. No, it's just before A level. Okay. That's, that's like the piece of paper that you get with the letters written on it. And I actually did that at school. So I did dance GCSE. And that was like, oh, wow. Okay. You know, I'm able to actually pursue this in school also. That was um, very liberating to have that instead of kicking a ball around in the space. But dance is this or for at that specific moment was a step into the unknown and it was way more interesting because I could see with sports I could see that I could get myself to a certain peak I could uh, work and train and perform at this super high level but there wasn't that with dance with dance it was more about the expressiveness it was about being it was about art it wasn't so um mathematical or linear in that sense as far as achieving something it felt more like a flow and I really had that from my parents and my upbringing I was very much allowed to do what I wanted to do and, and explore life in that way so they really felt like a fusion with how I was brought up and what this career in dance would actually lead me into um, and the great thing is I'm continuing to learn discover as I'm going through it so and, and as a man, like, you know, being in a in a water polo group or team with like more, I don't know, it always seems like the, at least in the dances that we do, you know, that men feel like, oh, dancing is for women, it's more feminine, it's not for men. And how did that feel with it, your friends and, and the people around you? Um, I think for the people that were closest to me, they were the people who knew that I was playing water, water polo as well as dancing on the side. So I was also in a youth dance company all the way up until the point where I'd auditioned and got into this um, University of Dance, this Conservatoire of Dance at 16. So I was in these spaces and people knew that I was playing water polo in the dance class and in the water polo, people knew I was dancing. Now, the interesting thing in water polo is that I was very skilled within my team. Um, I didn't train in an all deep pool. So there was, a, I could put my feet on the floor, which always added this very different element to water polo. And that was the pool that I got to train in. Um, but I got to a place where I was captain, you know, I won a couple of awards, you know, I had this opportunity to join the national team. So there was definitely some sort of growth and there was something from dance that just allowed me to move in a very different way and, and really adopt the, the movement and 
the the physical growth by just my awareness of of movement in that way and so and this is also for both how do you deal with the uncertainty that when you make a choice in a crossroad you're making the right choice <laughs> yeah i mean you know you know it's the right choice because it's the only choice you can make so your you know your rational mind will say so many fears and will put out so many fears but inside you know that is the only choice you can make and it's always like this thing of like looking back to your life and say what if right what if i would have taken the choice of my heart and it would have worked out and and that that's when at that moment this pops up it says like my heart is saying like I can only go that direction I'm not really going to be happy if I stay here and in a way it feels like the choice has already been made <laughs> you just need to flow with it and and, and follow that and, and trust that so you know feel the fear and do it anyway because it is a deeper knowing that you came here for that and you choose that and that has chosen you also what do you think really it's the right choice <laughs> <laughs> you know for you so easy anyway yeah it's like choice yeah you have choice yeah. so i think for for me it's almost like if you were to if you were to link your expression to um your expression in life to a certain outcome so you're wanting to play something deterministic within the future of of what you are to experience then every choice is the right choice as long as you've got that idea in mind mm. you're never going to know the journey of how you're going to get there so how are you going to know if the choice is right or wrong well just by choosing that the choice is right i know it sounds simple in its concepts but it's in that moment and when you've made the decision and anything that comes out after knowing that you're in that place and that choice was made for you to have this mm. learning and this understanding at this point yeah it's a bit what really said before about um about the choice that you make and how you can trust that like for example like you can you can predict everything and you can predict the outcome and you can sort of say okay if i choose stay in physics i will see myself being this 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 and you know like you, your ego can predict that but what does it feel in the moment like what really said about stepping into the unknown so it's that choice of i don't know what's beyond that but i just know that right now this is the right step to take and i feel like some people don't do that because they prefer the security of the known the security of like where can i see myself in five years well i can see myself very clearly in five years if i choose that because it's the known path but there's like a deeper a deeper calling inside that say take that road that you don't know where it's going, but take it anyway. And and I feel like being creative and being an artist sort of somehow it helps a little bit to be more like awakened to those callings. And we all have that within. It's either we choose it to to listen to it or not. I think you you brought a great point, which is uh choosing security over you know what feels right inside of you. And I think it's a it's a balance. And, uh, and we have to be connected with ourselves as much as we can constantly 
because that security is what the brain wants. You know, the brain wants the known, the security, what the patterns, the the things that they know how to do. At the same time, it wants you know things that are new, but it it tends to go to the known, to what what it feels that I know because that's safe. And so it's playing that balance of not letting the brain take over and the security take over so that you miss. And I see that in students that we have where I got a surprise one time, actually, because we had a student, you know, uh, Rueda Cubana, where they sing the names of the steps and they say and they do steps. I don't know if you know that. That's a that's a couple dance and everybody dance in a circle and then they shout out names and they do the the things all together in a big circle. And so we had students that did not want to learn how to dance. They'd rather learn a name and a pattern because that feels safe. And for me, it was a, a shock because it's like, wow, but you're missing so much, you know? And I think... That is the point that you are making, Rudy. If you trust, you will see so much more. Your your world would expand so much more. But you have to have that trust. Mm-hmm. It's so yeah. true. Yeah, I was thinking very recently about um, that element of trust. Anyone who's aware, uh, who has had a travel experience, no matter where you're traveling to, but really thinking about that traveling experience, you're opening up yourself to that that spontaneity you're opening yourself up to actually receiving and stepping into a place where you don't know and if you flash back you'll probably realize that those holidays or those trips or those those journeys that you've taken you've met incredible people or you've had this gem of a story that you love telling Mm -hmm. you know at the end of a night or something these these moments come from going to places where you haven't known the interesting thing is that almost everyone has a point of reference yeah. One's travel travel so accessible now. You can travel from a small village into a city and that will that will give you that same feeling of like I'm having to learn what information I'm learning from the environment and respond as opposed to react. The reaction was would be to turn around and go back home immediately. Otherwise you're responding to your environment. It makes you much more open. Yeah, and I think that's a great point. You know, people which stories do we hear? The things are unusual. We don't hear the, oh, it was all the same. You know, I did the same. I had the same. (laughs) You hear the thing that tasted awful or that thing that was so different on these animals that you eat that you never eat or I don't know, like crazy stuff. (laughs) That's true. That's true. That's a great analogy. So... In terms of the movement, um, we were talking in actually in the Spanish episode, but I think it's important to know how how to get started to be connected with your body. I think that's such an important thing. Mm. You can go for it because I I answer it in the Spanish one, so mm. I mean I'm curious to know I'll how you're gonna respond. <laughs> um, there are many ways. But let's start with something more mental. So if it's something that's going on with the thoughts, what we can simply do is drop our awareness from our thoughts or wherever we wherever we are in our head and just see that awareness dropping down into the body. And that can be done with the eyes open or the eyes closed. It's going to have exactly the same effect. You're going to become more aware of your physicality. You're going to become more aware of your body. Um, and that's already so powerful with inside of itself because a simple recognition is enough 
for all other elements of expression to come forward. Now, there's obviously something that's that we've very much focused on and we're harnessing different ways and elements of moving that are specific through the journey of the journey that Julia and myself have taken artistically through the expression of movement. But movement will express itself in an infinite amount of ways. So there is no do this and then you'll feel that sort of response. Do this and then simply by becoming aware of your body. And this is what we do. We simply spend more time on the awareness of our physical bodies and the feeling within inside of our physical bodies that it inspires us to go into the studio, create dance performances, uh, think about workshops that we're delivering, think about other ways of the way that people are moving and how to harness it and develop it and grow it in their own unique way. But for anyone who's thinking about how do I get my awareness into my body, drop down, drop down from your head into your body and then notice what comes. And I think I shared, and it's great because I share that in the Spanish episode, like the way to drop down in the body, one of the things that helped me is to close my eyes and to bring the awareness at the back of my head and then feel like I sing that awareness through my neck down into my chest and into my belly and then just expand for that from that place into your body. So what happens is that in, you know, we get so much the sense of the eyes you know, because we get so much information right now through the eyes and our focus is just keep shifting from advert to disinformation to what people are saying that we relate a lot of our consciousness to our eyes. So that's why it really feels like our consciousness is in our heads. And sometimes we sort of look down to the body like this neighbor looking down, hey, how are you down there? But there's this disconnection not through the neck. And that's why sometimes people think some things, but the body's saying other things. And there's just this uncoherent like this really contradictory way of being state of being and so sometimes it does help to close the eyes and to bring your awareness to the back of the head and down into your body because the truth is that your consciousness is not more present in your brain as it is in your foot as it is in your hand as it is in in your hair it is everywhere in your body mm. and so one of the first things that i would say is that you know, your body is more intelligent than, than we think, much more. In fact, like if we had to start regulating all the functions of our body, like we wouldn't even know where to start. Like it is a miracle. Like no one knows how to reproduce this instrument that we call our body. And there's so much going on, the heartbeat, the cells regenerating, every single cell knows what needs to do, works completely in harmony with each other. It is a big is it a big dance that's going on inside us without us being aware of it? And who's the choreographer? Well, that's something that everyone can ask for themselves. But the truth is that if we start listening to this innate intelligence that holds our body together, if we start listening to that, then we're going to start receiving answers that go beyond our logical mind, that go beyond what, you know, the way we normally think, that go beyond the... Um, what we think is logic mm. and that's all because of our body's intelligence i think that that's that's so important to have a reminder that our body is so intelligent and we just have to get out of the way in order to let it do the thing that it knows how to do which is heal us and and keep us alive <laughs> out here in this world 
That's very important. And I think that exercise that you said is is very nice. And also the point that you brought up, Rudy, of there's not a one thing that is going to make you connect and make you this and make you, you know, there's, there's, first of all, there's awareness of your own body. And then from there, you can do other things. So super important. And I know you work a lot with dancers, uh, but you also work with people that are not dancers, but that come to you because of the movement and, and their body. Um, and I think we talk about these, but how about the people that are completely disconnected with movement and dance and they are afraid actually of, of movement and dance? What can you tell them to make them more connected with their own bodies? You know, one of the things that I found out about people who are afraid of, of movement and dance and their own body is that inside they're afraid of their own power. Mm -hmm. Inside they're they're afraid of, of truly this power that they sort of like choose control over power. And, you know, sometimes like our rational mind, logic mind, we want to control everything. But when when we really want magic and you know, quantum leaps and things happening in our life that is not, we cannot predict them because it is about stepping into the unknown. It is about power. And and our body holds power because it holds energy. It, it holds infinite energy. We are sort of like these finite, um, finite brackets that contains infinity within itself. And so the, the first thing to approach the body is truly to approach with a state of, of being humble been humble enough to say, well, you know, I might be scared, I might be doubtful, I might be not at ease with with the power that I have inside, but I'm I'm ready to step into it and I'm ready to to try it and I'm ready to make the contact with that power that is inside of me. And so sometimes we don't need to move the full body. We can just move like our hand and explore our hand. And once we feel comfortable with the movement of our hand, then we can let it expand into our arm and then into our body. The most important thing is that the more relaxed you are, the more you can feel that power, the more you can feel the body as an alive being. The body is not dead, it's alive. And so if we are not relaxed, then what we're doing is that we're actually constraining and blocking the flow of life that is constantly giving us life, flowing that life through us. And so many times we see people who are, you know, do workouts and try to be like super fit, but what about what about the relaxation you know they say you cannot like be angry or feel frustrated or even depressed if you are relaxed because you know your state of body your state of being includes your mind and your body and so when you work together with your body you can actually have access to many ways of be of well-being of well-being within you so the first thing i would say is to relax your body relax your body feel the flow inside your body and relax it and now the question is how do you do that because i, I don't know if you've seen these people that are like i'm relaxed you know i'm really relaxed <laughs> and they're all like stiff and yeah. so how do you do that uh so we love the shaking yeah i think from a from a real physical movement point of view uh there's of a few foundational tools which we found really access that point um, 
just through the simplicity and the repetition of it. So the first thing is shaking. So if anyone is watching this, you can stand in a comfortable place and simply shake your body. It's, it's as simple as that. You can do that for 30 seconds. You can do it for a minute. You could probably even do it for 10 seconds. You will feel something as soon as you stop. As soon as you stop, then spend that moment directly after, as Julia was saying, dropping your awareness, as we were saying, drop your awareness into your body. Notice what you feel. So that's already going to bring you aware of a change from one state to another. So say your shoulders up here, naturally by shaking, your shoulders are going to come down. It's going to happen. And then there are other elements where they're releasing exercises. So exercises where, again, it's about a loop. So you're not learning a choreography, but it's a very simple back and forward motion or left and right motion, something that's not going to change. It's just something that you can go deeper and deeper with inside of, and that can physically relax the body. And then the last one is where you where you add a particular stress. Um, so we know this in all elements, and I'm realizing this element of stress is also within breath work. It's also within other sorts of, of therapy where there's that sense of putting yourself in a certain environment for you to feel more of the space that you're actually um, able to tap into. So with this one, you will put your arms in a particular position and you'll hold that for any particular length of time. Longer than 30 seconds will really have the effect. And then you relax. And so what you're doing is that the body realizes that it's holding and then when you relax, it's like, actually, those muscles don't need to work anymore. So those ones with the shoulders that were keeping the arms up, as soon as you say, bring the bring the arms down, the shoulders will know that I don't need to hold my shoulders in that place anymore for my arms to soften down and the arms will naturally drop. Okay, so that's kind of like getting an awareness of the distinction between contraction and relaxation, and then you relax more. Right. Yeah, and then just physical change, because yeah. again, it's just about deepening your awareness and the conscious awareness of your own body from one state to another. If everything in the universe is in perpetual state of change, then it's merely it's simply harnessing that, the yeah. harnessing a state of change. What yeah. change can you realize yeah. and recognize with the inside of your own Yeah, body? the change is very important because the thing is that we are so used to being in a certain state that we don't we don't realize we're holding our shoulders up but we are but we just it's, it has become our, our way of being we became so familiar with it but then like what Rudy is saying when you for example you shake and even if you shake like say for 10 minutes you're going to start feeling some pain in your body and normally that's the places where you actually hold tension so you you know your body will give you feedback of where is that pain, where is that blockage, where the energy is not flowing, um, when you are not as relaxed as you could be. And then when you stop all of a sudden, so you're shaking and you stop all of a sudden, you will feel that your body is not moving, but there's something moving inside you. There's will feel maybe like tingly or some vibration. And so you will start becoming more aware of the energy that is within your body. Yeah. And when you shift, you know, when you shift your focus from matter to space and energy, then you can start tapping into different possibilities and you can start really start 
expanding the way you feel about your body and the way you think about your body. And I think that is actually a, a beautiful exercise, even for people that have had traumas, because if if what you know the people that I've talked to and work with, some of them they feel like they don't want to be in their body, or they do not have like the space they have, they don't deserve to have that space. So to really inhabit the space that you have and expand it. I think that's such a, you know, it has such a powerful meaning to the people that have gone through trauma because then they really, you know, they really feel like they belong to this, this body that they've chosen to ta- to have in this world, you know. So I think that's a powerful exercise also for, for trauma survivors and people that have, you know, that type of problem. Yeah, because also like, you know, the body is so, it recuperates so fast. Mm-hmm. it it really changes so fast you know our cells are completely regenerating and everything like just changes almost like every three six months and so we are new we have a new body every year we have a new body and so it is about it is about opening your mind to a new state of being so your body you know your body can can bring that state into into life and so many times we we feel like we need to do a lot of things to get out of something but actually the body is the portal to that to that freedom because the body is constantly being regenerated it's constantly being new you know new breath coming in new life coming in new life going in and out and so it's starting to relax into that state relax into the state so the body doesn't hold anymore because of some sort of information that comes from the outside and from our mind but the body can relax in that state many times we want to like do something and then our mind will say something and then we'll cut the process of our body we see that like in animals you know i see with our cats like if they don't feel something they will just shake it and out and they will carry on we don't allow ourselves to do that we sort of say well i can't do that you know like I shouldn't react like that or I shouldn't do this. And then we just we hold it in our body and then it stays there and it stays trapped inside us instead of allowing that to move through our body without us graping on it, but without allowing that to control our, our mind either. And even with dancers that know how their body moves and they know the movements and they have a beautiful dance expression, do you also see constriction in their in their body um i don't think i ever see constriction within someone's body i think i always focus my mind in seeing potential mm-hmm. so anything that's of limitation is an invitation i, I love think, that yeah it's it, it came to me quite recently and it, it was very powerful because it was multifaceted in the way that it could be um harnessed and so there are dancers that that are really beautiful in their expression. And there are dancers who have just committed to spending time and being with their body. And 
professional dancers uh, is always going to have the tint of us of our mind when it's around humanhood dance company and when we're choosing dancers when audition processes and the process that we're working with dancers in the studio there's a there's a kind of a, a little bit of a different element to it in that in that sense but if we're talking about just dancers generally across the board um for me, what I've really found very powerful and some of the most powerful dancers I have come across, uh, Julia being the most powerful in my life. Uh, <laughs> they, I always think he's the best dancer I ever met. Yeah. It, <laughs> I love it. Is that there's that curiosity is that there's there's that willingness to find something new with inside of their physical expression so for a lot of professional dancers out there they will most likely have done ballet and contemporary technique in any sort of shape or form what happens with inside of these techniques is that within the technique you will you will find incredible dancers because mm -hmm. they found this this flourishing passion for this particular technique. Then what happens is that you'll find dancers who are doing the technique, but the technique is all that they're riding on. Now, these super powerful dancers that I've come across is that they're just trying new things. They're always trying something new. They're not staying with inside of any particular technique. They're understanding what they can get from the technique and what they can't, and just understanding okay well maybe that's for me to discover something else and actually going with that mm. and going to discover something else yeah. so a pirouette uh where you're like standing on one foot and the other leg is higher <laughs> and you're turning like a spinning top in the technique of ballet you can get to a point where you just spin until the point where the velocity stops and then you're still standing on one leg and the feet's up I never reached that point, but that's okay. And that's what's very interesting about, about any sort of technique and especially for professional dancers and, and feeling into that, what dancers are bringing. Cause every, every dancer has something very powerful to bring to this world. As far as movements concerned, like dancers has been with us across the whole spectrum of the human experience, right? moving our physical body learning from it sharing from it whether it's communal dances or dancing around the fires that's the element that i'm always interested in dancers embracing and and taking into their own unique expression that that is going into the out of your comfort zone expanding your comfort zone and creating yeah. something you know that makes it bigger and that expands i think we were talking about in the in the spanish episode too and how how do you help people help people that have the fear of getting out of that exploring? I think for you know with especially with our dancers, the only way you can really inspire someone someone to get to expand their comfort zone to sort of go out of their comfort zone is by being an example. Because you cannot really say, you know, go out of the comfort zone by you staying in your, you know, in your safety net and then just, you know, asking the other person to just go out and you need to be the one, you know, you, you need to be the one who leads the way. And I think that's the beauty with the great leaders of the world that they haven't asked others to do it. They actually 
did it themselves. And so for us, it's very important that we keep moving and that we keep inspiring our dancers to go beyond the comfort zone. So when we try new things, especially in improvisation, you know, we would fall, we would try to go beyond where we think balance can can be and just go to that little bit further and then steep over and actually realize that our body is much more intelligent than what we think because it knows how to catch itself, how to roll itself into the, you know, into the floor. So the only way we can do that is not by giving any order, or, but actually by being an inspiration. And we do this with each other every day. Actually, when we started, it was about, no, like this is from that company. No, this is from that other company. Like Because we learn and we actually work with those companies that had a very specific style. And so when we came together and we wanted to create something new, it was not about destroying the, the old, but it, it was about using that and creating something new that was true to ourselves. And so we were telling each other a lot. And it was about, okay, like, I inspire you and you inspire me. And that was the the base, the basis of our creative relationship in terms of dance and, and, uh, and business. Yeah, I think that's also... Um it's definitely linked to workshops as well whether online or live workshops gives you an opportunity to be in the same space with other people sharing the same information and then an opportunity to share what you're actually going through mm -hmm. so um this where we have our live workshops and our humanhood dancers training program which is online this is what I realized. We do gratitude at the end of each session with everyone and the feedback that's coming back. They can share gratitude about whatever they want in their life, but it happens to be that the feedback's coming back, how they're able to feel more into their own body. They're able to trust their own unique movement simply by having this space where there are people within in the same, um, the same context and the same consciousness. How are we? And this is very specifically to the way that we deliver it, because it's always going to be, how does this feel with your body? How is your body moving? What's being expressed from the inside out? And that takes sometimes until it becomes a norm, that takes a safe space or that takes a space where people feel like, OK, I can just here be myself. And then simply by being themselves, mm -hmm. they become more themselves and more themselves and more themselves. Yeah, I I really want to bring this awareness of the body because I think, you know, we are giving so much import and so much uh, importance to the mind. Everything is fixed through the mind. Everything needs to be healed through the mind or some chemical that we put in so that our minds work in a certain way. And my experience is that the body can heal so much without even words you know so i want to be banging on people <laughs> that they need to move and they need to experience it that's why also i wanted you to to you know tell that even though you work with um, a high level dancing skills you know and, and with people that have a high level this can be applied to anyone you know and that everybody should be moving in some sort of way and getting awareness of their body and and you know, even the emotional part, like we were talking that the emotions have to go through the body. They're not floating around out there. And, and we can debate whether it's only chemical in the brain, but the body is the one that it's hooked up to some emotions. So you can shake that and, and, 
and, and transforming into another energy. So I think it's so important the work that you do. And if you can get also to leaders, like you, I think you start working also with some leaders and that they can get the benefit of these work so that they can be more conscious. And your intuition for many people feels something in the body, like it feels like a tingling somewhere. So if you have that awareness, you know, you can listen to yourself more mm-hmm. and and get also those downloads that come when you have the stillness and the expansion at the same time. So yeah. I'm amazed by the work that you do. I really love it. And I really hope that more people benefit, not only like high-level dancers, but everybody from, from all levels. <laughs> so, yeah. Yes. And when you want to work on, for example, on intuition, on you, you talk about how you've had these, you know, ideas that have come to you. And so you feel, it sounds like you're very connected to your intuition, call it whatever, connection with God, with the universe, with... How do you work on that, like, in a daily basis? Mm. Yeah, I think to, sh- to shift the word between working to playing. And, you know, it's I love what you said about, like, now we try to sort of do things about the mind and heal for, with the mind and manifest with the mind. And, like, it feels like life has become this mind game when actually, you know, it, it is very physical. It, it is very sensorial. And, and the earth has blessed us with this body. And what happens is that if, if you stay only with the mind, then you're missing out a lot in a part of who you are, with his, which is your body. And a lot of times when people actually explain their experience of like being healed or being like, they, they don't say, oh, I thought that thought and then it makes sense. And my logic, you know, my, my next logic step was this other thought and then I was healed. <laughs> they actually, it's the opposite. There has been like this surrendering. They surrender completely their logic, their rational mind to a bigger power without them, within them. And mainly what they say and I can say also for myself because I experienced that is that you feel so alive in your body you feel every cell of your body is filled with light and so it's not a mental game it's something that they felt so truthful in their body they felt it in their body that they actually um, trust it they feel it's true it becomes an experience for them it's not anymore a knowledge it's actually an experience that they live by and this is this is the big shift. It's like you cannot trust something that you cannot feel in your body. You cannot fully trust something that you cannot feel in your body. You know, when someone tells you I love you, but you don't feel nothing, like you don't that you can't trust that. You need to, you know, there has to be that connection, that ignition, that that fire in your body, that feedback from from your your body that that helps to connect with that. Yeah. And also for me, it's also drawing into the curiosity and the playful expectedness of life. I don't think expectedness is the word, but you know, we get the gist. Is that it comes again to, to that, that idea of traveling. So I, I need to keep bringing it to this because also with the curiosity is when you're opening yourself up. It's, and and this is what people are always like, oh, an intuition, intuition, intuition. But the intuition is not going to come unless you're doing something completely new because the intuition will guide you to something new, something that you haven't see, experienced before or guide you towards a feeling that you're desiring to feel. 
and yeah the curiosity is like the playfulness unless we become children we don't enter the kingdom of heaven but what's what are children first and foremost are curious that they're curious they'll copy everything that they see they're not stagnant in an element where they'll just repeat the same thing they'll always be some doing something new mm. or like it's almost the unpredictability of a child <laughs> we kind of think well that's a little bit crazy i can't have too much unpredictability in my life but that's the only way we're going to invite intuition yeah. it's the only way you're going going to invite other information coming into your consciousness besides the ego telling you that you have to do x y and z to have q results mm. i mean it's a bit what we were talking also in the spanish um, episode about the you know the the baby sort of seeing their parents like the total toddler mm -hmm. seeing their parents were like uh, walking and looking up and not saying oh i'm gonna stay here which is safe because there's this like four points of contacts you know and why are you asking me to go into only two point of contacts for my you know support and so even if that baby chooses to step up and it falls and keeps falling and falling and falling and falling it doesn't say oh that's not for me it was not meant to walk i'm going to stay here down here right it keep, that that baby keeps going until she or he walks and so it's the same sometimes we try to control our intuition by actually what we were saying at the beginning, right? To make it that choice for the unknown, by actually controlling the steps that are going to happen, by controlling the outcome. But if you can predict it, if you can plan it, it is still your logic. It hasn't been your intuition. And so when you get out of your mind and, and sink into your body and start like really listening to your body every day, then you're going to start noticing this feedback from your body. Do I feel like doing this? Do I feel like going there? Do you do I feel like speaking to that person? Do I feel like doing that project? And your logic mind might be saying, well, yeah, because this is a very good opportunity, because if you want to get there, it's, you know, and then your body it's like uh, as soon as you say yes it's already feel like work like you need to do it like your body will let you know and that's a big change that has happened for us that has allowed us to actually really grow fast not because of what we were um you know what we were saying yes to but what we were saying no to this doesn't feel anymore like our body wants it our body doesn't feel like yes I'm, I'm flowing towards that even if we don't even know what are we going to say yes to because there was no other option to the table but that's when you start then creating those options so if we go into i, I mean I, I so agree with all of what you said you know i can tell you this story that i i i chose my dancing career but it took me a while to go back and forth and 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 one of the times I said yes, because I had this amazingly wonderful boss in the computer world. And the day that I say yes, I lost my hearing. And I always say I did not listen to myself. This, this was my body really talking loud, like this is not where you have to be. And people say, how do you know it's related? It's like, you know, you know, you didn't listen to your body once you start being connected, you know, and, and I think... It's, it's just that we have done so many things to get disconnected and we, the society really moves so much into, you know, being a mental society 
even now when they, for example, they discover, oh, we have also, the gut is also a brain. We've been knowing that for many, 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 many centuries, you know, but now it's proven. So now we believe it, you know. So I love when when science meets mm, mysticism or, or you know, religions or whatever, you know, not religions, but spiritual things that people knew through years. But it, sometimes it's also nice just to trust, to trust that the, the, you know, there is something there that is wiser than what your mind can tell you. So to trust it as much as possible and going, so going back, what can be a daily practice for people um, to get closer to that connection? So one is to bring an awareness that you were explaining the exercise of awareness and what other daily things can you do to help have better connection? Yes, I'll, I'll give you something that we, we do every day when we practice and is sort of clearing clearing yourself you know clearing your your channel <laughs> your body energetically and that is sort of connecting the earth and the sky to and through you so we one of our pieces actually is called taurus which is the toroidal feel mm -hmm. that we have within us the electromagnetic um feel earth or when you cut an apple it has a donut shape like and so you can you can breathe like that. So say like you start by just setting the intention of listening to your body so that you can just, you know, tell your body, I'm going to be listening to you today. <laughs> and then you can close your eyes and sink your awareness back of your head and down into your body so you inhabit your body with your consciousness. And then if you want, you can shake. You can shake and you can shake for 10 seconds and you can count yourself and you can shake quite vigorously. So, you know, you, you feel the, the matter of your body dropping down into the earth and you shake, 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 shake for 10 seconds. You count yourself down five, four, three, two, one, and you stop. And then you listen. And what's going to happen is that you're going to shift from feeling the matter to feeling the energy and the space. And then you can finish with this, um, with this movement. So you can either flow with this movement. So it's uh, bringing the, the arms together at the base of your spine, so in front of your belly and bring the fingers up through the center line of your body in front of your body. And then opening the arms like you're creating a circle, a sphere around you. And you can visualize that you, as you breathe in, you're gathering the breath from the earth and it flows through your body all the way up. And as you breathe out, it goes out through the top of your head and it creates this sort of waterfall, this cascade of breath all around you. So 360 degrees all around you. And you can do that and then just put a music that you like and allow your body to flow as it wants to. And that might be like, you might not consider it dancing, but it is dancing. <laughs> you might not consider, I, you know, you might be like, I didn't dance, but I felt so much energy and flow. You were dancing. You know, dance is not about the steps. It is about the feeling that you have inside of you. And so the thing is that when you tell your mind that um, to listen, 
to listen to the body. That's one actually, and that has been uh, scientifically researched that the way to bring your, your brain waves from beta all the way to like um, alpha, um, even down to theta, delta, is by actually bringing your mind to focus on your sense in sensorial experience on your physical experience this slows down your brain waves through breath through feeling like there's water rising inside your body through connecting with the space inside your body so what that does is that it sort of brings the chatter of your mind down mm. and you start focusing on your body if there's moments that you you are there and you're like what i'm doing i don't feel anything some people might feel like that right then you can just bring a question up and say, what would I sense if I could feel this energy rising from the earth through me and out through the top of my head? And what you're doing is that you're posing this open-end question, which your brain will quickly work to find its answer. And the answer is not a logic answer. The answer means having to go down into the body, tune into it and sense it what I, you know what would i be sensing if i could feel that so that's that's our proposal <laughs> for the listeners it's a good way to start and then you can bring it as far as you want your dance can can last for 30 minutes an hour five minutes it doesn't matter what it matters is that you made that contact beautiful you, you want to add anything rudy no <laughs> I want to do it. <laughs> you seem so like let's go, let's let's do it now. <laughs> mm -hmm. So relaxed. No, but well, that sounds amazing. Thank you so much for sharing that. And I think it's simple but so powerful. Um, that I hope really people get that because I think many times we say, you know, we say what we think we feel without stopping to see if we really feel that and and so it's it, having that space to okay let me see what i really feel and for those who think who don't feel the open questions is a great thing because it it your mind will go and do something with it and it's mm -hmm. open so it opens the possibilities instead of being a yes no question you know it's it's an open and the mind will try to answer it um, but it's actually your intuition which will connect because you're opening the space for something else to come in exactly exactly yeah, yeah. that's beautiful i love this conversation <laughs> <laughs> but i think i think we have to kind of wrap up so we don't go way over the time um i try to keep all the episodes in one hour i was telling julia eventually i have to make them longer because i want to go on forever and ever <laughs> But what is what is um just two more questions and we'll leave it here. But what is one challenge um that you have gone through that you feel has made you grow the most? Mm. Great question. It's a really good question. I have one. Do you, you have go, one? Yeah. You go for it. Okay, cool. Um so challenging situation. I'm actually sharing this with Julia yes, uh, last night or the night before. Um, so a challenging situation was when I was working as a professional dancer and I was working with a choreographer doing some great projects together and he said he wanted me to be in his next production. This choreographer was very big in the industry 
and you know he was well known and as far as my mindset was at that time this was the the road that i was meant to take because i was a professional dancer and i was here to work with these companies and to be in their productions and he'd said i want you to be in my next production and there came a point we were in rehearsal and he wanted to speak to me after and he let me know that he didn't want me to be in his production and I knew that that was also that he didn't want me to be in the company and there wouldn't be any future conversations. And there was something that was so strange inside where it was almost to a point, I said this to Julia, almost to a point of devastation. I was almost devastated because my whole concept of everything that I'd done from deciding to start training to then finishing my degree stepping into my first professional role and still admiring to work with these people had come to an end it was it was the end i was like everything i'd known up until that point was everything that i was expecting for my dance career and so then i realized i was at a point where i did not have a clue what was going to be happening in the future and i knew that that was a definitive change with inside of my life because that's when I just allowed myself to be guided. I think that was the moment where I didn't have a preconceived idea of what I wanted the end goal to be. I mean, I have other goals, don't get me wrong. But at that point, it was inside this limiting belief that I was a dancer. The only thing I could do was dance and work for other dancers. I kind of thought a little bit about rehearsal direction. So that was kind of like, maybe I can extend my period of dancing by going into this route but as a performer it had ended there and that was really strange because I, you know i'd never felt upset about the dance world it's it always been so fruitful i'd always had it so easy i'd always got the jobs in the audition or if the audition if i didn't get the job of the audition i was kind of happy i wasn't in the production in the end but this was really that moment where i was like okay, I don't know what the hell is going to happen from now. Let me just keep going on my journey and see what happens. And that feeling of the unknown became the reality in my life. At that moment, it was like, okay, I cannot predict what's going to happen in the future. <laughs> Anything could turn up. Wow. But it's, you know, yeah, I'm so thankful that you bring that up. I mean, that you share that story because it's being being with the unknown, which is what a lot of people are dealing with right now. So I'm so happy that you brought that. It's just being uncomfortable, the uncomfortable, which most of the world has gone through and is going through. Mm -hmm. Amazing. Thank you. Um, and you're? The same. I think it's the same. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we were saying practically We were sharing the, the other day, actually. So I had the same with another choreographer. And again, I felt like my career sort of finishes here of course there's other companies but these two were ones of the biggest companies in the world at least back then and you know for us and each individually we didn't know each other back then but it was about well you know this is how I see myself we just see ourselves as these professional dancers that keep touring around the world and keep you know making history through their dance career well we had to make history in another in another way <laughs> And so, yeah, that's how, that's when, why we say that it feels like the universe sort of, you know, 
pushed us out and and then catches us caught us back and say okay now it's time to create your own company and that's how humanhood started so you trusted completely the process of whatever was there for you without knowing what it was well the, the what's interesting was no the interesting thing is no choice <laughs> i think it's like you well you asked it with the question earlier what was that definitive moment where we decided to go into dance and i think we had very clear ideas of what our life was going to be so then it became like the crossroad and then we said okay dance but then dance had this whole concept and idea around it it was almost to the limitation that i was thinking inside of sport where i don't think there's any real limitation in sport but as i'd seen it in that time i reach a peak then i retire then maybe i teach this the the line of the dance was i get really good i work for the biggest companies i tour around the world and it broke it shattered like the concepts literally shattered in front of our lives so i think that's where it's almost like the unknown just became the reality yeah and it's okay for some people, like there's some people who don't even get to that step, but mm. we were working at that level. So for us, it was like, we knew what we were doing. We knew we were loving that. And then all of a sudden there was nothing on the table. Yeah. Well, you've kind of experienced, you know, both sides. Like on one is like, you make a choice, you have choices and you make a choice. And then you don't have choices <laughs> and you have to choose something or, or, or keep walking, you know? So yeah. mm -hmm. I think you have, you, you had all of the experiences and I think both of them are, are very important for even everyday life. You know, if you have choices, you know, listen to your gut feeling, listen to your intuition, listen to yourself, listen to your body, how, listen to God, however you want to call it to follow the path that is set for you as you not as the person that society thinks that you have to fulfill and then at the same time when everything that you expect that is gone trust that something else will open up you know and i think that's in everyday life we need that every day exactly when you don't see the path that you can see the outcome it's like okay there's a greater one that i need to walk on yeah yeah. yeah, and you start walking without knowing, but you walk. <laughs> yeah. you get, but the, the beautiful like thing is that, yeah, like you get guided. Like I remember we were we were somewhere and there was this this uh, sort of uh, festival director that came and he asked he asked me, like, do you have a duet? You know, do, do you, yourself and Rudy, do you have a duet? And I was like, yes. <laughs> yeah. I would like to present it in my next festival, which happens in summer. And I was like, yes. And then I went back to Rudy and say, okay, we need to make a duet. <laughs> we need to make a duet. <laughs> and that's how it started. Like literally, that's how humanhood started. That was our ever first duet we ever made together. Nice. That is really nice. And so I'm going to ask you uh, my last question. What is the change you want to see in the world? <laughs> I answered that in the last one. So Did you? Yes. Oh, okay. Um, Everyone dancing. Everyone dancing. There you, go. <laughs> um, you know what's interesting about this? This particular question is that I feel that sometimes when we share big vision and dreams of the world, 
openly and just kind of just like outwardly express what we envision for the world, I feel that a slight element of its power is lost because it becomes the seen, it becomes the visible, it becomes something tangible. It actually then becomes something that other people's ideas and concepts become entangled with and to a certain extent influence the person who's originally had that vision and that dream. If you think about a lot of people who are visionaries, they actually talk more about what they were cultivating on the inside before it was actually expressed on the outside. Then the world made the change. I mean, if you think of Edison and a light bulb, he would have been toiling over a single idea by himself until the point where it actually did happen and then he had something to share or the event actually occurred and the change was made. So it's all positive, it's all bright, it's all playful and joyous and um, and loving and caring and all the things that, that we would want for everyone else, first and foremost for ourselves and everybody else. Um, well, let's just, let's just sit back and, and watch it unfold. <laughs> Well, so I'm going to change the question. What is one thing you are working inside yourself? Mm. Mm. Um, at the moment, I'm focusing on um, on relaxing the diaphragm. Okay. Powerful. And I'm playing with um, what we were saying in the other episode about that feeling of being moved. So you're not moving, you're not doing, you're not doing the things. You are being moved. You're being inspired to move. And so this takes continual listening and surrendering and relaxation and openness to, to allow yourself to feel the movement and allow that movement, that flow to move you. Nice. I love that when you said that the other times. Really, really nice. Well, guys, I have to leave it here. Um, I'm really thankful for your time, for your sharing and for your deepness. And I hope we meet again soon and that I can also see you dance and perform. So thank you so much. Yes, thank you for the invitation and good luck with the rest of the day. Thank you.